Well, hold on, hold on. Let's, you know, put some name, you know, a name to the face. Who is the brother? My brother, Nate, older yeah. brother. Nate Dog. All right, give him a shout out now. Come on now. Shout out to Nate Dog. He listens to all of our podcasts. He loves the mental theater we're on right now. He's always got different aspects. Like, he fiends for the podcast. Like, he loves them. So, I'm curious about Nate. What does he do? Um, Nate actually is a huge... I'm, I'm giving some more of his hobby side, which is why he likes the mental theater. So, Nate, Nate's a huge gamer. Like what what huge, kind of games are we talking about? Um, The role-playing games. The, um, the uh, I don't know. Names, so I'm not a gamer. Well, Nate, curious what you think about the direction Assassin's Creed has gone. I'd be love to hear his thoughts on that. And he even commented on our last podcast, right, where we talked about uh, Assassin's Creed movie. And he was saying that even if you were a fan of the game, even at that point, the movie was just okay. But if you're not a fan of the game, the movie probably sucks you a little bit. So that's what he was, uh, his thoughts on it. We talked about that in um, I think I said that to you verbatim, actually, in the, in, in the barbershop. <laughs> Word up, Nate. Yeah. Well, he says, not to be a fanboy or whatnot, but I really want to meet Josh. <laughs> he says, uh, the more I listen to him, the more I feel I can relate to him. So, We'll appreciate that, brother Nate. If any way you feel, you know, like Mike's trying to play you right now a little bit. I'm really not. I'm I know, not. I know. I'm just, I'm just messing around. I'm trying to set something up. You know, apparently he, 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 he wants to meet you or whatnot. Um, but anyway, Mental Theater, episode three, we're on, uh, right now, got a few things to talk about, a few things that happened in the last week. Very exciting things, I'm very excited to be here. Brother Mike, let's go! I'm keeping up my, uh, my, my uh, shirt platform with, uh, Superman shirt this week. Also, I wouldn't be me if I didn't have this, you know, in honor of the Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus. I'm in the, in the camo, you know, right, right, I, right. Out, of, out of respect, and... Just because. <laughs> <laughs> In honor of Mandalorian on Disney Plus, which started streaming this week, which is probably going to be, uh, will be um, our main topic um, this week. But I guess before we get into the Mandalorian, um, since it is on Disney Plus, let's talk about Disney Plus. Sure. So Disney Plus launched this week. It was a. Uh, it was not an uneventful launch. <laughs> Let's talk about your experience with the Disney Plus launch then. Well, I think everyone expected there to be an issue initially because you want the market to, you know, expand your horizons or your exceed your expectations, right? And when the server crashed, that means they only went to a certain, you know, level of expectation. Right. Right. So I think the level of expectation here was a certain level. And then when the server crashed, I mean, so many people saw it crashed. Right. That's a great mistake to make. That means, that means slam dunk. <laughs> people are like, wow, why is it crashing? Right. Right. All publicity can be good publicity. And, you know, they talk about it. So, and it wound up, I think it's good over 10, 11 million subscribers right now. 
and it was just what three? It crashed at three or something like that. At three million, it's over ten now. Oh, see, okay, that's really brilliant because then they get to get their they get to examine their stats and right. then release their stats. Right. You know, illustrating the value here, like, hey, we're just being we're a publicly traded company. We just here here are our stats. And just for comparison's sake, uh, Hulu, which has been out for several years now, is just over like thirty million subscribers, and Disney Plus have ten million less than a week. So. That's a pretty good thing, you know. I can't really compare things like Amazon Prime Video because you get that with Amazon Prime, so it's not really a fair comparison. Right. Well, don't worry. I actually have both, so I'll come up with a, another, you know, platform for things like that. Okay, so we'll talk about that. But still, yeah, it's a great thing for Disney Plus to have. So I didn't have a crashing issue at all. Um, my issue was just for uh, full transparency. I get I get it free with Verizon for a year. I think this might be the fifth time you've mentioned it. I'm sorry. Verizon hit him up. Shout <laughs> out to Verizon. But at the point for this, this time, I get No, it. no, but hold on. But this is a serious point because Mike is a very adamant Verizon, you know, subscriber. Yes. Absolutely. And I'm a very adamant T-Mobile. So, like, we authentically love our brands. It's yes, great. I love my brand. I love Verizon. No matter what the people talk about the price or the quotes, I, I love Verizon. And my reasoning was, you know, real quick, years ago, I was going somewhere and I needed uh, to make a phone call. And I had um, Sprint at the time, not T-Mobile, but I had Sprint and a call dropped. And it was happening, it happened to me several times and I said no more. So I paid more money and switched to Verizon and been on Verizon ever since. Okay. So I never had a call drop ever, ever since then. And no normally where I'm at besides the Batcave, I always have service more than the other person I'm with. I think Josh cuts me up to here, though, with the T-Mobile thing, but nevertheless. Right. Well, this is a T-Mobile household, so <laughs> and has been for a decade, probably in, since it was voice stream. Oh, wow. So way, way back. But uh, not to get stuck on that, so with the free Verizon for the year, where I found a problem was what is the setting up, because you have to actually go through the Verizon um, app or website and there's like several more steps to signing up for Disney Plus. Okay, great segue, Mike, because the website is what really captivated me about Disney Plus. Because automatically, because of the the texture and the lighting of the website, you yes. feel like you're in a theater. Yes. More specifically, you feel like you're in a theater within the Disney Vault. I agree. And when I um when I uh even when I so when I finally got on, I had a little bit of issues. I, I did it at work. So when I finally got on, had no issues. And just to, even when I turned the app on, like I downloaded to my um, Fire Stick Amazon. Shout out to Amazon Fire Stick. I downloaded to that. I put it on my TV. It just was brighter than other streaming services. Um, the way that the layout with the different movies and, and TV shows, I think it's, it's laid out great. And... The major things like Mandalorian and Endgame, which are fresh and new, they kind of stand out right away. So I thought that was great. Um, Experience-wise, you know, I went back to my nostalgia. I was telling Josh the other day. Yeah. I was watching X-Men the Animated Series about four or five episodes, and I got, like, stuck on that because it was, like, such a great series in my childhood. And then I started looking through other things, like some of those Disney movies, which weren't, like, you know, they weren't great movies, but they still hold nostalgia within our lives. Like the um, uh, um, Rookie of the Year or uh, Mighty Ducks or just some of those type of Disney movies that we remember as kids. 
and they weren't even breaking the bank back then. We didn't care. They were just, you know, good movies. So some of those were there. And of course, all the Marvel stuff. Um, I watched, uh, I didn't watch Avengers Endgame. I didn't have three hours to spare. However, I watched all the extras, which were like an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, they were extensive. Which uh, deleted scene did you like the most? Um, the deleted scene, I mean, they're all pretty even to me. I guess if I were to pick one in particular, it would be the fight on Vermeer, where they changed up the whole scene, where Scarlett, uh, um, uh, Scarlett Johansson's character uh, Black Widow, how she died on this. Spoiler alert, if you haven't played Endgame yet, which is pretty much pop versus fun. And spoiler alert, uh, alert for, uh, you know, Mandalorian, obviously. Yes, which we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> We've got to have to talk about it with spoilers, and uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but I love the other stuff. This is me as a movie fan, which everybody knows by now. Um, the casting, uh, how they showed how they casted everybody, um, the journey of. Captain America from the first Avenger all the way up through um, Endgame, uh, Thor's journey, uh, Black Widow's journey, all that stuff and how they get to where they became and, and, and how the directors and even, even going back to casting Robert Downey Jr., all that stuff is like, to me, it's like blows my mind. I love hearing that and watching that type of stuff. And watching the casting director um, and how she's been, she's been doing this for now, she's since the beginning of Marvel. Was like twelve or thirteen years. So pretty much every character you see, she casted, which is amazing. Right. So a lot of what I, what I found out, just learning information was just for all of our fans who don't know or don't have Disney Plus, is that a lot of the characters we see in these Marvel movies have auditioned for other roles, and they just keep them in the back of their mind in case other roles come up. So Chris Pratt, for example who played Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy, had auditioned for Captain America. And they wound up keeping him in mind when Guardians of the Galaxy was being casted. And that's interesting. But what blew my mind was that um, uh, Lupita Nyong'o had auditioned to play um, Nebula. Uh, no. And I'm like, what? Do you, why are y'all auditioning for that? <laughs> <laughs> However... We do know this is Disney. They had a lot of rewrites. They had a lot of reshoots. So they could have wrote an entire plot with them at that role. Right. And then just change the personality to fit that personality within the scene. But you're still doing the main, you know, actions. Your character is going to do this. Then your character is going to do that. How it does that is your interpretation as a creative actor. Because like you said, well, like, uh, shout out to Seraphine, right? right. The casting right. director. Yeah, see, these are the things that I want to do. So I like studying great people. So, because you, you know, we're going to get in the films. Yeah, right, 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 right. Right, so. <laughs> fair, and fair. cartoons, so, you know. And um, and that that blew my mind. I mean, I, I can, I mean, she's such a great actress, right? I can actually see her doing any role. And being that the, the characters of, you know, Nebula and uh, her sister, um, Gamora. Gamora and Nebula. Being into so much makeup and stuff like that. Well, so much CGI. CGI and makeup. I think Zoe Zaldana has probably worn this equipment the most out of any cast member. Right. Because of Avatar. Right. And they they filmed two, three, and four, back to back to back. Yeah. So she was doing Endgame, Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, all, all everything, essentially. Right. In addition to Avatar. I'm good about the Star Trek movies in there, too. That, too. Yeah. And we'll get into Avatar 2 in a little bit. I do, I do want to bring something about that. I almost forgot to tell you about that. 
because we talked about Star Wars a lot, you know. Yeah. But how do you how you feel about Star Trek? I love what JJ did with that. I love what JJ did with it. Um, I think the third movie was good, but I love what JJ did with it. I thought Chris Pine was good. I thought um, the um, like the Zoe Saldana. I thought she was good. Benedict Cumberbatch was Khan. Doc, yeah, Doctor was, Strange, you know. He wasn't Khan. He was Khan. Yeah, Raptor Khan. Yes, he was. Sherlock great. Holmes in it. Yes, he was great as Khan, and um, and and the fight scene between Khan and um, Spock. Spock was one of the best fight scenes like I've ever seen in, in film. So I thought it was really, really good. I mean, I have to shout out my mom right now, who's a Trekkie. So, okay, yeah. wow. Okay, so. So I, I respect the, the concept of, you know, Star Trek and how it paved the way for Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars fan, yeah. but I appreciate what Star Trek did for the game. They opened up the doors. And I thought about this too with Zoe. I said, yo, everything she does are like huge IPs. And I'm like, the gross, the amount of money that her movies that she's going to have grossed is, is ridiculous. I think she's going to surpass Sam, uh, Samuel Jackson, Samuel Jackson. quite quickly. <laughs> and she got two, three avatars coming out and, the, and another Guardians coming out. So And this is for work already done. Right. For <laughs> work already done. So, like, she just attached herself to great IPs and was smart about it from an actor standpoint is that most of the IPs always have sequels. Exactly. And it's kind of like what you were saying about Netflix and how you were able to see the trend before it even started. Like you said, you were... You were a subscriber back when they had the DVDs. Right, back when DVDs, yeah. And then it's it's like you obviously saw the fact that they were sending it through the mail as a letter. When you, you see the extensive nature of how you have to maintain DVDs, like right. you need better packaging. Right. So if let's say Amazon and them could have had a better connection there, they could have blended there. Nef- uh, Amazon would have probably bought Netflix, and that would have been a completely different story. I agree. Um, I don't want to go too far left because I'm talking about um, Endgame. And then the casting was Sarah Finn. The other one I wanted to put out there that blows my mind was um, T'Challa. I gave his name up. Chadwick, absolutely. Chadwick I, I was like, for are you for Drax? Are you kidding me? Yes. Like he, what? For Drax of all people. And I watched it. Did you watch? Did you watch it? I did. Did you watch his audition for Drax? I was like, wow. Was well, like, not not that, but I I saw enough there. Okay. Um. Um. But he was kept in mind when Black Panther which came out four years later. You know what? Disney is very clever because they're making the actors be competitive. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's like USA trials for basketball. You're going to be very competitive. <laughs> yeah. What, what you come to find out is that I don't think there's any actor who actually got the role. I feel like I'm, I'm, what I'm watching anyway, it's like they all auditioned for the role. And what they did as well is that when I start thinking back to it, and I'll go back into our Marvel Disney discussion, but I feel like Disney, like they said, Sarah said, they cast the best actor for the role rather than just get a big name in here. And I feel like sometimes, like, quote-unquote, Ben Affleck is Batman, right? Sometimes DC has chosen to go with the big splash rather than just casting the best actor for the role. Well, I would have to respectfully disagree because I would say before each, you know, before the, the Avengers in the universe, what did Seraphin say? Like, they wanted a Academy nominee, so that already means you're a great actor. The talent was already there, like they said. But again, based on the talent, they were already revered from our generation, who is what they serve right now as the millennials, which is what? They had talent already, so they were already stars. Well, she said that before Iron Man won. Exactly. Winner Paltrow and RDJ. But she she was speaking for the entire film. I mean, the entire franchise. She, but if you keep going, like these are like, most of the people who are in these movies weren't like, like who was Chris Hemsworth? Can you name something before Thor? 
But they was like, we, we were going to Don pass. Cheadle. He was replacing someone. Exactly. Okay, I guess one out of how many? 60? Mm, Chris Hemsworth was a nun. You're, you're honestly telling me. Well, he was cast, I know who he was. And Iron Man 2, Scarlet was not a big splash. You're you're out of your mind, bro. <laughs> At that time of her career. Absolutely. Lost in translation? Are you serious? It was a good movie, Doc, but I don't think he was a huge star. Again. she is now. Okay, but anytime you go into a franchise, obviously gonna, it's going to elevate your brand. That's part of, that's the benefits of franchising. It's like you can, you know, relax kind of a little bit. Of course. However, it's not like they didn't work hard. I mean, what, 23 movies in 12 years? I agree, but Chris Pratt was in Parks and Recreation, and he was a fat guy in there. Like, he wasn't a he, star. He had talent, and what did he get before then? Jurassic Park. He was casted in Jurassic Park before then. However, before all that, he wasn't a huge star. Like, he was just a guy. Jurassic Park, another big franchise. And I, th- I know they, I don't know if they're going to do this, but since he now that indiana jones is in the marvel universe i really hope they cast chris pratt as the new indiana jones because if they don't i don't know what's going to happen to the franchise i hope they because you know they released the schedule last night so we'll talk about that later but that to me there's no correlation with that unless you do that just to not keep it going forever but i feel like guys like you know tom holland um or uh, who, who again was a freaking what was a no name? Who's doing a lot of his own stunts? Let he let's shout him out. Stuff. Come on now. Tom Holland is amazing. I think he's one of the best Spider Man. He, he's a Toby guy. I mean, in terms of the films, yes. Right. I'm more of a Tom guy at this point, but um, I just feel like overall, Marvel somebody did with the cast just the best actor then get the big name splash. All of them had massive brand appeal immediately. Benedict Cumberbatch. He, he was in everything we just named before this topic. He was a great actor, though, is he not? And Imitation Game. That's what I'm saying. He was, to me, it was already, to me, it was already going to be a splash, but they, yes, they did the right thing by getting the best actor for the oh, role. Oh, Rudd is Ant-Man. Come on, he was like a little comedy dude. He was in like, these, like, little uh, romantic comedy films. Like, and do you know how much money that genre makes Mike? <laughs> we talked about it. i love my rom-coms exactly so i and i would never see one you know <laughs> unless i was forced to see one i was forced to see two but the second one I actually like the second one was you know experiences in our in our new you radio podcast um however that's just my opinion but either way marvel's done a great job casting roles over the years and that blew my mind they have people have um, auditions for other things even karen gilliam Audition for Agent 13, who was the um, Sharon Carter, who was in uh, Winter Soldier. She didn't get the role, but she came back and played Nebulous. So. Now, that process for actors like her, that makes sense. Right. Then I, I would agree with that statement, but everyone else was a massive star. <laughs> Th- this is why I respectfully had the metaphor of the trials for USA Basketball. Okay. Because you're at that level. So that, again... If we look at all the things they did before they stepped into the universe, right? They were already at that level. What about Chris? Um, Kevin? Hep- no, Evans. Evans. When he got casted, they were like the 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 the, uh, the Human Torch. He wasn't even good in that movie. Like he wasn't a massive star, mm-hmm. but he was the guy for the role. Right. I was against it. I'm not. I'm not saying they there aren't exceptions to the rule, but right. I think there's a a majority of the 
actors in there before they stepped into the Marvel universe. They okay. they uh they had their own brands, you know, churning. Speaking of that, ironically, Sarah Finn said that um she had saw the Fantastic Four movie about fifty times and she loved it before she wound up getting even a meeting with Marvel to be the casting director. When she walked in there and she saw the Fantastic Four uh, huge um, icon, it like she was like a fangirl all over again. I thought the movie was trash. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, happy for Sarah that she like maybe they helped her take the job, which gave us a great movie moving forward. So you know, um, and so she likes Fantastic Four. Maybe that means we get a great Fantastic Four movie now because it's with Marvel. So comes full circle. Again, they're gonna have to knock it out of the park, but because people were you know disappointed twice in a right. row, right? Just like with what Daredevil at one point until oh, until until the recent one with Netflix, right. and it's a shame it's going to get discontinued. But yeah. you know, forgot all about that. Moving forward, though, that's my Disney Plus experience. I thought I, I, mean, I haven't gone through everything yet. I think it's an amazing app. You can't beat the price of it for me. Um, for anybody who, who likes it, it's going to get bigger and bigger. And we haven't even gotten the Marvel shows yet on there, so that's my Disney Plus experience. Um, and um, what about you? Anything you watch besides The Mandalorian or, or uh, other stuff? Or did you have time to go through the app? Or So I was inspired to watch Infinity War, which is my favorite Marvel film. Want to get to that too. We're going to do a top 10 uh, superhero movie countdown from the last decade, which is 2010 to, of course, 2020. Um, probably on the next show. We don't have a list with us now, but definitely going to get into that. With that being said, the number one film for most people I know, superhero movie for all time, not just that decade, is The Dark Knight. But since it came out in 2008, can't put it on this list. But it'll make this list very interesting to see where we're going to go with that. But go ahead. So, yeah. Um, well, just, let's just go into Mandalorian. Okay. Because that's, like you said, that's really the only main new piece of content that's on the on the show, on the platform right. right now. So, Mandalorian came out um, with the launch of Disney+. Plus. It was, um, we had two episodes this week, one on Tuesday and one on Friday. Um, I have my thoughts on it, but let's let Josh talk. He's very excited about the Mandalorian. He's got the mask. He's all in. So, let's let Josh talk about what his thoughts on it. And, and spoiler alert once again. Obviously. Thank you once again for that, Mike. So... Mandalorian guys, that was that was riveting. John Favreau did his thing, and they actually got the musical composer who did Black Panther. So Killmonger's theme, all that. Right. Uh, Ludwig, uh, so uh, Garrison, I believe. Right. So yeah. I, give me, give me, you got spoiler alert here. So what did you? So like I just have to say it's very clever, but unfortunate what they did here with the intro when you first saw the this new intro for the star wars universe what did you think of right away star wars i thought about the marvel intro uh... so they've marvelized star wars and again this could be a great thing it's a possibility because how like kevin feige said he's going to start managing star wars films because you got to get that you got to get that brand up and running He's going to be like the Greg Popovich of brands. And it's all under Disney's umbrella anyway, so... As is the composer. So they're sharing everyone. It's interesting. Right. They're like doing the massive version of the Tyler Perry compound. So let's get into this. We'll show into the spoilers. Let's start with what did you not like. Let's go from, you know, 
backwards to forwards? At this time, I, there's nothing I can't like. And the first thing I text you about when I saw it, I was like, whoa, 37 minutes? Yeah. And, and then the second show was 30 minutes? And That's I, where I was going with it. I, I, the runtime is bothersome to me. Really? Yeah. I just feel like, now, don't get me wrong. It's, well, I'll get to that later. The runtime is bothersome to me. I just feel like that, you know, the first, the second show was like, really, if you take out the, the intro and then the outro, it's like 25 minutes of of um, of TV. And then when I really think about it, I'm like, yo, they could have put the first, second episode together because it really were kind of one episode. It was a continuation of it. And I feel like I don't just trying to stretch it out. And I do, and I start to think about it because the show is a very quality show as far as the composition for the musicians, um, cinematography, um, the direction, oh yeah, the actors, the costumes, the overall spectrum. I feel like it, because it's so big as a show, does that mean they can't have the show for 45 minutes or an hour because it's just too much to, to have all that and then make it run that long? Well, from what I understand about the Disney Corporation and you know Marvel and whatnot and Star Wars, right? National Geographic, you right. know, the list that simply goes on. Oh, no, no, Pixar, <laughs> what, what, what about these, you know, these brands, they like their synchronicity. So what essentially what they did was what? They created a platform that could compete with the biggest platforms streaming wise. And they're doing it with their brand so they can actually release two episodes a week. See, that's I feel like that's the vision here. If they do that. So now you're on the edge of your seat. Imagine the cliffhanger. Imagine if Power did this. Imagine if Power did a cliffhanger at one element of the episode and then have a resolution later in the week. Would that work? I guess. If you split in two episodes, into, uh, put in one, put in two. So now you have that surging, you know, simling, you know, uh, you know, surging up, right? And simmering. So then you have a, the climax later in the week. So you you begin the week talking about it on Sunday, right? On Monday, you, right. you're talking about it. And then you have the have it on prime time on Thursday. So right. you're talking about it until next Sunday. Right, yeah. I, again, that's, again, that's what I would do, given the statistics. Right. Um, I do see the spectrum of it, you know, overall. However, it just felt like it was like, I don't know. It, it was just too short for me. Um, but let's go back to the, to the good parts. I thought it was well done. I thought it stayed within itself. It didn't try to do too much. Um, it also didn't try to bank on the uh, Star Wars lore or nostalgia too much. It became its own show. It, it does play like an old Western kind, especially in the beginning, um, inside the cantina. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. The line, the dialogue in the show is great. By the way, I ordered a uh, I Have Spoken t-shirt. Which I should have. <laughs> I think that's perfect for you. <laughs> and the t-shirts are already online. Uh, this is I Have Spoken, which is a great line in the entire two episodes of the show. Sometimes forced in. Okay, yeah. At the, the last one was perfect. Yes. If all of them were like that, I would love it even more. The first one and the last one was perfect, I think. That's fair. Some of the middle ones were a little bit forced, I think. But it's still like the new, like... Like, I don't know, just one of the newer lines of the year. New memes and things like that. So, But, again, spoiler alert. So, based on the second episode, they have a home run the rest of the series. For me, when you have a baby or infant, 
that's of Yoda's, you know, spe- species descent. Yeah, baby Yoda, they call him. I, but that's not Yoda. I know, I know. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, I, out of respect for the Jedi Master, no, that's... <laughs> but, again, I'm now I'm curious, and, again, this is how you open up the universe. Now I'm curious about, okay, does Yoda's, uh, excuse me, Yoda species, are they naturally, you know, inclined with midichlorians in the Force? Because that, again, doing that at infant age, that might explain why Yoda's so gifted with the Force. Even though he lived, you know, 900 years, but still. Right. And they're saying that the babies, or quote-unquote babies, are already 50 years old. So, um, within the Mandalorian series. So, we're like, how the Yoda's uh, species age. And their, you know, gifts with the Force, which apparently he already has. Spoiler alert, again, by saving uh, the Mandalorian from a, uh, I guess it was like a rhino type? Uh, Yo, that rhino was getting busy. Yeah. So, I'm curious how that knife stab yeah to him being all that brute right how's that gonna do anything i, I was thinking it was a small knife too i was like how's that gonna now do? unless he has that terminator you know interface in the helmet or like the tony stark one where it tells you where the weak points are like right. that was his brain unless right. you have that technology in your helmet right you gotta explain that scene to me yeah i pretty much i thought the same thing um i did like seeing the jawas mm. um the jawas right yeah yeah on there and um and they, you know they remind me of for some reason I, I don't know if Disney or well, I don't think it's Disney but they stole this from them. But don't they remind you of the Minions for some reason? Oh yeah, right. It's kind of like very similar. I think Big they might stole the idea from Star Wars. To be honest with you, a little bit. The Claw. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And then now Despicable Me, right? Despicable Me, right? Exactly. So it, it just keeps on going and going and going. Um, but uh, and going back to the first episode. I thought the initial cantina scene was great. The line where he first introduced himself as a bounty hunter to the guy that was um, uh, being harassed by the other uh, people there. And he says, you know, I have money. You don't have to take me. And he says, you can either come hot or you can come cold. Best line. Best line. And again, with the Western element, but again, John Favreau did his thing because there's a lot of tense in the scenes right same thing with ludwig building up that anticipation and like how you said the cinematography and how it's you know shot like that it's just magnificent it's magnificent it's a, it's a great scene um then going forward to um to when it gets to the standoff where there's all these people protecting the baby of yoda, yoda species they don't have a name yet and the ig ig11 is there and it's not kind of a uh, a robot uh um, bounty hunter, bounty hunter, of the same elk as the Mandalorian, they're in the same group. The uh, the same, let's say, on the same team and in ter- on the same guild. Same guild. Yeah, there we same go. Same guild. Yeah, they're part of the same guild. They decided to team up. So that action sequence was great to me. Um, what do you feel about his fighting style? Because I feel like at this point in the episode, and it might be a, uh, it might be a window into the character. That he was making very rash decisions. Like you clearly weren't thinking this out. And if you're a Mandalorian, if you're part of that, let's say, Assassin's Guild, if you will, you kind of have to know what you're doing and think things all the way through. Yeah, I think. I don't, yeah, he. he and we might get more of a background of his actual life, upbringing, or childhood to know why he's that way. I guess we will at some point. Um, just to, again, he hasn't even taken off the helmet yet, which they really don't do. Which I think might be a window into the character because he's probably, again, spoiler alert, and in case I'm right, right? Right. Um, he's probably been kicked out of the guild. 
Yeah. And that's why you can't he can't take that risk. Right. And um so yeah, he does make a lot of practices. I thought the decision to just go after the Jawas on that big huge fortress. I was like, What's your plan? <laughs> like you have no it's like ninety of them. What gun? You got one like shooter. Like what is your actual plan? I thought that could have been more thought out. And he was leaving the bounty that he came to get to run after the, the, the fortress and with no disregard. So I don't think that was a very, you know, well thought out either. Luckily, the bounty can follow him because it's got like this uh, floating baby crib. And I was thinking, how soon to the, until those are reality? Hopefully quite soon. I was thinking the same thing. Um, there's this baby crib in the show. And as you walk with it, it can just float next to you. Well, it's just like the, uh, you know, the patient stretchers that they had throughout the Star Wars universe. So that technology is congruent, you know. Right. And I was thinking, how dope would it be for a mom or dad to be taking a walk and not have to actually push the shoulder and it just goes right next to you? However, it'd be interesting to see how they control its movements because it moved with the intuition of the person who's leading. Right. Which is interesting. It's very interesting. So I would love to see that in the future. That's what, we, we were the same thing. I thought the same thing exactly you were thinking. Like, how soon can we get this in, get this in our actual lives? But back to the show. Um, yeah, so overall, uh, first two episodes, I'm going to rate it. I'll give it a, a, a B plus because of timing. Miguel. The timing bothered me a lot. And I, I don't think it's a... How do I want to say this? I think it was smart to introduce the Mandalorian show with the launch of Disney Plus because there's so many Star Wars fans and they don't want to be left behind. And so I think that was, that was genius on their part. And maybe by having hmm. it 10 episodes, even though it's like a half hour each episode... I'll give them time to get more Disney Plus fans while they're still working on the Marvel shows and other new content, um, which makes sense also. Also, I do want to let you know they do have also uh, new movies on the on the channels on the um, on on the uh, service as well, which I found out later on, but I haven't even gotten to that point yet. What uh, what movies are you talking about? Um, it's like a Christmas movie. I forget what it's called, but it's got um. Uh, yeah, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> but so I guess we'll see the uh, advertising advertisements for them soon when christmas approaches right but it's on there already it's on the, it's on the channel already. no you know how you you yes, know yeah, p- yeah, position yeah. it in right. very you know yeah right 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 yes yes i, I think i think that'll be cool um i want to see where it's going to go i do like that um somebody said it's like a, almost like a star wars video game where he does these missions and as he as he gets rewarded whoa he gets, uh, uh upgraded armor what you saw in the first episode so he did a mission got the gold took it back and got the upgraded armor Kind of just like the Star Wars video games played out a little bit, stuff like that. So that was interesting to me as well. They're gonna get a video game. I, I think they will. <laughs> get it, Mike. Ooh. I think they will. We might have to make a create a think tank for uh, you know, like advertising and whatnot. Maybe. And you know, vision. And while we're on that, there was also some news that Alan Horn, who is the um, head of um, Disney right now was talking about there may even be, I guess, talks of possibly a Mandalorian movie at some point. Now, they're already greenlit for season two, which is good, because they just know it's Star Wars. <laughs> um, but a movie, I think, will be interesting as well, like after two or three seasons. Mm. I would, I'll, I'll go see it, you know. So. A Mandalorian movie. Right. Interesting. And just for uh, people who don't know, it, 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 set, it, it takes place uh, five years after the fall of the Empire. So it's talking about all the pirating and all the criminal underground and the leftover remnants of the Empire because you do see troopers uh, as well in the episode. 
people who are a part of the empire who are now protecting um, one of the, um, I guess, governing bodies who after the, the fall of the empire. So it's before I guess uh, Leia starts her um, in a uh, in a uh, the last Jedi was the last Jedi no, Force Awakens Force Awakens before she has uh, um, her rebellion group and before they start to I guess get a, a new empire going. It's like right in between there. So I definitely love to see like where they go with this in that in between time frame. Um, I guess Luke's disappeared because there's no Jedi in the show whatsoever, and, and so is Yoda, and so is Yoda. So Yoda's well, Yoda was a Force ghost already, right? Right. So I do want to see what this. I don't know. It's interesting where they can go. Like if they can actually make this baby quote unquote Yoda species like bring the Force into. Uh, into Kylo or into, you know, anybody. So it's like, it's very interesting to see where they can go with this because of the time framing where it's set. And I wonder if the Force goes dictate where the Force goes. Well, again, Star Wars Episode Nine will be here in a month right now. So we'll be talking about that as well. So what's your rating on The Mandalorian so far? I definitely give it an A for sure. Okay. You know, A for Avengers, just like that intro. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and that's it for The Mandalorian. So we'll look forward to talking about that every week. Uh, they're going to have episodes every week. I do like the weekly format. Um, so, question. If you got two episodes a week. Well, you're not going to do two episodes a week. So. But if you did, how would you feel about the short times? I'll feel better about that. I'm just, just curious, you know. But since we're getting one episode a week after this, I feel like, I don't know, maybe... Obviously. Well, again, a lot of the articles said that they were supposed to release them both at the same time, just co- kind of like the same concept of a, a two-hour episode premiere. Okay. But the again, the server crashing, whatever you know, whatever happened that affected the release of both together. Right. So you know. Right. I don't mind the weekly format, though. I think we as a culture, we talked about this. Our impatience got so used to like binge watching stuff like that. Which is okay in certain aspects, but I feel like this keeps the conversation going. Like, we can have weekly reviews of each episode. Sure. Rather than trying to review a whole series in one particular day. And that's what, uh, I guess that's what everyone learned from Netflix. Right. And Netflix has its place. It's just that sometimes when you watch it all at one time, you start to miss certain things, not to take it in the same, the same way. And it's just like you're. You, you know, you finish it and your, your mind is just like blown sometimes. But the little things from the episodes, you kind of don't remember or they're not, they don't stick with you because you binge watched it. So I don't mind the weekly format. I think um, it's interesting, you know, the binge watching did come out and it was a huge part of our lives. But it feels like it's like reverting back to let's try this weekly thing again. So, your it's, preference or? I. I guess it depends on the show. I think depending on the show, if your show has a lot of suspense and it's a thriller, it's a mind bender, right? right. You, you probably want to have it weekly. Don't, especially if it's already, you know, if it's already filmed and done right. and all the actors are watching themselves, you know what I mean? You're not, it's not like you're filming it as it's going on. It's right. one of those productions. So right. it just makes more sense to stretch it out. Look what Game of Thrones did, right? I know, that's what I'm saying. Game of Thrones, like you were saying, like it was a weekly party for a lot of people. They were Game of Thrones parties at bars that exactly. you had to shut down eventually exactly but, but so but when you do a binge watch it's not really it doesn't be able to get that mass appeal as like a game of thrones because they're showing it every the anticipation is what's getting to you kind of like 
um, a football game almost and <laughs> whatnot, you know, which comes on two times a week now, but started out more weekly. So it's kind of like they had the same, well, Netflix at that time had the same effect of books right. where you can actually satisfy your anticipation immediately. Just keep reading. Right. Right. And I think, but I think what would happen for me anyway, a lot of people is that they would keep going because these cliffhangers are happening per episode. They would keep going, but now they're watching it in the wee hours of the morning. They're half asleep. They're trying to finish it now. It's like this finishing thing that we as a society have too. Like, almost done. I got to finish. But are you really taking it in? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's still kind of a, a different mindset. It's kind of was like this um, badge of honor. Like, yeah, I watched the whole season last night. Exactly. There's a stat now about watch time. Like, how long did you take you to watch this thing? Right. Right. Yeah. It's like, we really care. It's more about being entertained. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, moving forward, a couple other things happened this week. Uh, we all got to talk about the Batman movie. Because like every week, there's some news about that. Right. 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 So, this week... Um, Andy Serkis, who we talked about last week, possibly, but was actually cast at, uh, as well, Alfred. Confirmed, yeah. Confirmed um, in the Batman. I think we did go into it, what, we, what our possible thoughts would be about it. I have some more thoughts now on what type of Alfred he could possibly be. What do you think about it? Well, again, I mean, I kind of said everything I had to say. I'm curious. Now I'm very curious to think, what do you think now? Well, because of who he is and his age and his... And his and he's still a person who's he's not like uh even Jeremy Irons and um and uh um the last uh um Justice League and whatnot. Oh well, yeah, that's true. Right? He was still a little bit older too, right? Cause I mean, it was an older Batman too. Well yeah, that's true. And he could help out as far as like um you know, maybe shoot some guns or stuff like that, what he did. <laughs> but I mean Michael Kane, he's probably the best Alfred I've ever seen. He was super older than two Michael Caine. Um, so I like the age of Andy Serkis because he can be that physical Alfred. Kind of more like the Alfred that we saw in the Gotham series. Right. Who can still teach Bruce, you know, things. But also, if somebody breaking the house, he's going to fight too. You know. Not, I mean, that's the point. Right. So I think I would love to see that aspect of Alfred. Again, we talked about it last week. I don't want to go into it. But um, this movie is getting some of the, having some of the greatest cast that, you know, I've ever seen in a movie. So I'm, like, super-duper excited. Like, I can't wait until something starts on this for it to come out next year. Which, I'm sorry, 2021. Which, going into 2021, moving forward, the great segue is going to be, like, I don't know, like an amazing year for this genre, the fantasy, the comic book, and all the different movies that are coming. We're kind of, like, um, building up to this great anticipation. So with that being said... Black Adam, which is a DC release. I'm going to talk about DC. That's out of Superman from DC as well. Um, it's uh, got a release date. Mm. December 2021. Okay. Another 2021 movie. Black Adam is, if you don't know, he's a part of the Shazam world um, as well. And um, I want to get into more about Black Adam, who he was. But they get a release date. However, the interesting thought on that is that it's getting released only a few days uh, before Avatar 2. So. Really? Yes. December 2021. So they're going to be competitive. Right. That's uh, very interesting and newsworthy. So. But there's some things there, right? So there's Black Adam, which people have been fiending for. 
There's The Rock, who is a international megastar. And everything that he makes, makes money and is gold. And then there's Avatar, which is a huge IP. However, yeah. by 2021, it would have been 12 years since the first Avatar. It's true. So it doesn't have that much staying power. Well, remember, they filmed 2, 3, and 4. So they're betting big on Avatar. Right. But for just two right now, I'm talking about. It would have been 12 years since the last one. There's a whole generation of people who haven't even seen the first one now. Kids, there's a kid who was two who's now 14, right? So maybe he didn't, you know, he wasn't at the movie theater watching the first Avatar. So this will have the same appeal to him at 14 as this a 14 year old in 2009. Well, I'd be asking that question more about the 18 to 36 age range. That's true too, right? Because even us, I think I think Avatar should have came out five years ago. But how many people even remember the characters' names in Avatar? Like, it's been so long. And because it was a new IP, so to speak, um, I felt like they should have came out with more right away. Because you don't see Avatar costumes anymore. You know, you'll still see. Well, again, it took, what, 10 years to make in terms of CGI? Because they were using, they were, that's the only technology they were using was the, the technology that they use for the faces and whatnot that Andy Circus does, right? Right. But that was for the entire cast. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying, at this point, are people yearning for an Avatar sequel to be, to make, to, like, the first one was the highest grossing movie for the last 10 years before Endgame came out. Well, again, at the end of the day, if we're going to be in the Disney realm, it literally is the alien version of Pocahontas. If I mean, that's really not a hard concept for people to associate with, especially its close proximity to Disney. True, as a film, but as a sequel, do you think it's, it takes too long for it to come out? Well, it's already too long. However, that's why they did it back to back to back, so they can release it without that gap. Right. So I, I respect and appreciate the grind of all the actors, especially in that, especially the CGI workers, right? Yeah. So not only that, then you have the ability to recaptivate everyone's interest because that was the first movie to go to a billion right. recently, right. in recent times. Right, right. So you, you got to give, you got to give respect to that brand. So what's your what's your thought? Well, what you're what you're saying? What I think might happen? I think I think part two might not be as successful as let's say part one. It depends what they do. So if we're again looking at it from the Disney perspective, they probably have their something to do with that to make sure it does better. They they learned. Let, let's see my thoughts, my if thoughts. they if what they learn from their Star Wars mistake. Let's see. Yes, I think part two won't be as successful as part one because of the long time frame off. But I think part two. Well, let's say quench your thirst and re reinvigorate that fan base. So when part three comes back to back, I think part three will be huge. Well, again, I think you had a fully invested James Cameron. Right. Didn't do anything else until recently with your Terminator film. Yes. Right. But uh, let's just say that I think they should at least get a billion each. I agree with that. But two point seven billion. And game made, or and it depends what they do with the concept. So, I forget, was there a Pocahontas too? No. All right. So, what you have an opportunity to create something brand new, which Disney loves doing, and it's based upon their formula. Yeah. 
So there's no copyright infringement. There's nothing. They own that concept. Yeah. I think also the issue with Avatar sometimes with the staying power, and people told me this personally. I saw the movie. I liked it, but I didn't see it in theaters. And a lot of people told me back then, even more so now, if you didn't see it in theaters, then you didn't get the same experience as Avatar. So Well, of course. It was 3D and in IMAX. There's only certain movies that have, again, we're both moviegoers here. Right. You were much more experienced right. than I. However, we understand there's only certain movies that are going to have IMAX and 3D. Right. So, And I think their 3D experience was the best experience that I've ever had in my life. I saw it three times in IMAX 3D. They pay like 60 bucks. <laughs> uh, well, a again, lot for Josh. Well, again, that's a student discount, too. Oh. Uh, because I was at the U back then. So, okay, you know. respect for the U <laughs> when I shot out. Um, but with that being said, right, and you and you and you're right. I'm sure you're right. I've heard it from many many people. But five years later, we're going to watch it at home on a streaming server or something like that. Or you could also, they could set the okay Avatar set the bar for IMAX and 3D. Right. So they can now do the same with two, three, and four. That, but also more specifically, the in-home experience when you watch it at home. Okay. Because a lot of people have 3D televisions now as well. So now you have a whole industry that's kind of, you know, it's it's on the border. So it could like go this way or they can invest into it, increase an asset and then leverage it. I agree. But in 2012, when the TVs weren't doing that, I'm trying to watch it at home. I'm not getting the same experience that you got in the movie theater in 2009. Which is another reason for you to go see it in theaters. That's the point. Right. That, again, people want to share experiences, especially if they were all positive. You had people who had everything we're talking about mostly is probably in the comic book genre. Right. But you even had people who weren't into that, those type of things going to go see it. Right. That was the magic of Avatar. You know what? I guess to your point, actually, you make a good point. I, th- I think to your point, now that me, like myself, I know that if I don't see it in theaters, I won't get the same experience. Now I definitely will see it in theaters. Now, if I were you, I would find out if you, unless you already know, do you get privileges for the first uh, viewing as a as a was a regal unlimited member? Yeah. Do you get do you get those perks at all? I'm not sure, but I'll find out. Please do. Yes, because we might have an idea for AMC. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good point. People who saw it later, who felt who were told you didn't see it the right way. Or probably went to the theaters this time, so I, I, that makes that makes a good point. So back to my original question: Do you think Black Adam can compete with the Avatar two? Depends with what they do with it. If they make it on the same par, like again, this is going to be harder because, like, actual superheroes, right? You know, actual superpowers compared to like DC, which has you know their bigger superstars don't have you know superpowers like Batman, right? So and the villains as well. So I'm thinking that. If you have, yeah, that's my bad. Anyway, so I think that this will have to have the same type of feel of the Dark Knight. People are going to have to take it serious, but also they're going to be able to laugh because it's the rock. Unless you're going to make it like, uh, yeah. If it's going to be in that universe, you also would have a hit because now you're like 21 Jump Street formula. Same thing. 
Yeah, I think it'll be the same universe, but it will be darker because Black Adam is a darker character naturally. Right. Right. So I think it will be darker. So, so. you have a balance of that. He might. He, that might be in mega home run territory. What is the precedent set for this? Because ironically, The Rock, Jumanji, came mm. out within weeks of um, the last. Was was the second one? Uh, last Jedi, right? Right. Last Jedi. Right. And it still made close to a billion dollars. Are you serious? I'm so serious. Because I, I didn't even pay attention to Jumanji at all. No, <laughs> with all due respect, Rocky. I mean, he's a U alumni. He done, you know, the right, right, right. made it w- millions w- of dollars to you. Like respect to the to the Rock. And I used to watch WWF back when it was WWF. Right, right, right. So with all due respect, <laughs> but but seriously, I just wasn't worried about that. Right, and I, I took my daughter to see it. <laughs> you know, all, all, uh... how was it though? It was actually a good movie. All right, so I'll watch it out of respect for The Rock, and then we'll do a review on it. Boom. Oh, Especially on, the, I got to watch the first two. 21, Isn't number two coming out? Oh, yeah, this year. Yeah, next month. Next month, actually. And when, compete with Star Wars uh, again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, okay, Rock. Yes. All right. All right, so out of respect, we'll, we'll make that happen for y'all. Right. But, again, it made, like, just under a billion dollars, which was surprising by everybody who probably even been making Jumanji. Um, and how much did Star Wars make? Did it make... It didn't make as much, I'm sure, but it still made a billion. It made over a billion. It made close to two billion, like something like one point seven. Jumanji. No Star Wars. Star Wars makes more like one point five, one point seven. And Jumanji was what? Like nine hundred, nine fifty, somewhere in there. So it was like really, really. Hey, and UFC, that would be a knockout. <laughs> it's good for Jumanji to compete with. Star- Star- oh no, that that's great for Jumanji. Again, we can't, you know, judge others by you know Disney's right. Because the, they're creating it for this effect. Yeah. That that's that's they're swinging for the fences. So it's like kind of like how the Yankees play baseball. Not to like you know cross streams here, but that's essentially that. Or like Real Madrid. You know what I mean? Like you're you're paying for the best. Plus, you're talking about Star Wars, a 40 year old IP. So again, just like Mandalorian, is always going to have a fan base, no, no, no matter what. Um, at that time. Um, but however, so the Rock will be competing again with a, a huge fan base and avatars so with black adam i think they'll still make money you know me personally only because it is a rock and there's a huge dc fan base too so you know it should be interesting they, they picked that date overall so i've never seen shazam or you know i never even heard of it until that. yeah so shazam is i mean you know i had never really got into it but i did read more about it he's fought superman he's you know yeah like and he goes toe to toe because his powers are pretty much very similar Except for he's got the whole wizardry thing going on. But, yeah, there's lots of comics and, and, and cartoons with him helping the Justice League. All types of different things. So he actually is a mainstay in the DC Universe. It's just somebody that we kind of weren't, I guess, privy to at a certain point um, growing up. And um, Wait, did so Shazam's also, it's kind of like Big, right? Kind of like Big. So he's kind of a, he's a kid. He's a kid. So you know, super Shazam, he turns into a big man. And so I get that. So in the comic, did I mean the Superman know that he was a kid? I think he did. Then he goes back and forth sometimes. But when he's a man, he's a man. I mean, so you, so there's <laughs> there's no incentive to, to you know like actually discuss things. I mean, yeah, I would son that kid. Like, yo, sit down, man. What are you doing? Yeah. What are they? What were they fighting over though? Um. I mean, when it comes to them, they're both actually heroes, so they're not villains. So 
it was just like a miscommunication going on. <laughs> oh, like, friendly fire. Yeah. How do you get in friendly fire with superheroes? With superheroes, Mike? Because there's a villain involved who kind of sets things up. What you no, about? I'm saying, how do they not know? Well, I mean, it happens all the time. You know, it's the Civil War, right? So that happens. Well, again, that was conscious decisions. I'm saying, <laughs> how did it happen in this? Right. Right. So again, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. So how did that not apply in that situation? Cool hair didn't prevail, I guess. I come over to tell you. Until the end. So I guess he's saying you just got to see it, you dweeb. <laughs> yeah. I can see a lot of things. He gets a lot of shame from me. But well, okay. I mean, it's never going to work. So this is the thing. <laughs> you got to... If you, if you entice me to see it, I'll see it. But okay. from what I've seen in the trailers, and this is about a lot of things, and this is also about a lot of products. So all of my guests... You know, from now on, we'll be getting this. You know, and he's going to Essentia Water, by the way, which is amazing H two O. I've been drinking for years. I told Josh the fact that he had it means we're just in a synergy together because I love this water. I have like at least ten bottles in my house right now. So, and you know, since I'm home, I'm drinking out of my pH Revive, which creates alkaline water on the go, which goes everywhere with him apparently. So. Literally everywhere. Yeah. It goes across borders. <laughs> and oceans. And oceans. Wow. Really? Took it to Egypt. Wow. Well, again, this is why I, you know, love it so much. So I don't know if you guys know. And, you know, I'll go into more traveling stuff on my Passport Muse, you know, okay. brand. But what I love about this water bottle is that it has the ability to turn any water that's obviously you know of a certain standard to alkaline right and then then you have you know in egypt they'll tell you not to drink from the nile because our immune system isn't set up for that but they have tap water so put it in here drank it i'm good i had just have my physical did the blood work right all right now it makes more sense i think about it i'm gonna get one of those and then when you travel, you realize the places that have more fresh water. So like Stockholm, places like that, they're they have fresh water like our Great Lakes. Was that an Amazon buy right there? It was, and also their. Uh, I also purchased from the website too. Okay, all right, that's good to go. I if I was personally, if I as a fan of PH Revive, I would humbly respect and respectfully ask if you could. Think about turning your website into more like the Essentia website. So it'll be a lot cleaner. I love Essentia. I love the brand. I love the logo. And the website is just fantastic. It's it's seamless. It's just as pleasant as the bottle is. Nice. Yeah. Um, and what's good about Essentia too is that this is like a 33.8 ounce bottle. I also have like a 50 ounce bottle. So I do get that and we're able to like, you know, drink two of those a day and they're good to go. Sometimes having bigger bottles helps you consume more water. A thought process. Mm, that's a great point. Yeah. I guess I'm very fascinated about the you know the alkaline water bottle as well. Even though I love Essentia, simply because every time I see the that floating mass of garbage in in the Pacific Ocean, yeah, I'm just like, all right, we have all this brain power on Earth. How is that on Earth possible? How is it a reality? Yeah. So I'm just trying to I'm always brainstorming ways how to you know just how to eliminate that issue. Yeah, I'll get into later with Josh from another podcast. I used to work for a water treatment company, so I told you all about that uh, for a while. I have a, I have a vast knowledge of a lot of different things. <laughs> so, yeah, I did. <laughs> so, so, for some years, actually.
Okay. So, but we'll get to that later on. Um, next on our mental theater podcast, though, and this is going to be a great talk, which will segue us to one of our surprises from last week. But um, Zendaya, <gasps> right? Zendaya was is um, apparently Marvel's possibly grooming her to be Spider Woman. Now, Josh's first thought was that how she's a regular girl. And she's gonna have superhuman strength that Spider-Man possesses. I thought they would probably just like somehow give her a spider bite or a blood transfusion. I don't know, but I think she's it's possibility. A blood transfusion. Just, that's 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 very interesting. Okay. Well, you do know that's how exactly. Uh, She-Hawk. She-Hawk, and also the uh, oh, what's the lizard guy? Oh, uh, lizard. What do you mean? Uh, the, um, I'm from Spider-Man. Right. Uh, Doctor Connors. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, again, <laughs> but again, Spider-Man's universe is all about that, you know, that uh, Frankenstein's right. type of mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah. So, and then She-Hulk, her cousin is Hulk, and she needs a blood transfusion, and that's how she became She-Hulk. Um, so it, it sounds like they're paving the way for all that. Who would be a great She-Hulk for you? Oh man! If you were Sarah Finn, casting director of the. You know what? I don't know her. I don't. I'm so sorry, guys. I don't know her name right now because she's a new actress. Well, well, come on. We got technology. We'll narrow it down. Let's go. We'll figure it out. Who is it? But the the um, heroine in Dark Fate, I think if she bulked up a little more, but because of her build and her height, I think she could be a good She-Hulk. Interesting. So her name. And again, I'll have a lot of good service on here. Josh, you know, so. um, yeah, Mackenzie Davis. Okay. Who plays Grayson in Terminator Dark Fate? Um, I think that uh, her, again because of her height. She is five ten. Yeah, I think that she could be a good a good she hulk uh, in my in my estimation. Where would you put the actress who plays Brienne? Problem Brienne is that her age won't allow her to be she hulk, even though she's six three. But she's already a little a little longer than two, and she hulk is like a young lawyer. And she like you know still goes on dates and blah blah blah, but tries to live a regular life. It's a whole thing with She Hulk. So I don't feel like that her age would allow her to be She Hulk. In my opinion. Which is why you're saying that she wears the helmet as Phasma. <laughs> is this what you're saying, Miguel? <laughs> That's not what I'm saying, but she did a great job in that role as well as Brienne. And um, I mean, let's be honest, you love her at in Bri- as Brienne. Oh yeah, I do. I mean, we all do. Um, of course. Yeah. Um, but also as Phasma. So, uh, so yeah. So Zendaya, what do you think about that? Is it Zendaya or Zendaya? I mean, I don't. I heard. I just, out of respect, I just want to know how to pronounce people's I've names. Always, whatever. Uh, we can, we can go, go, what Zendaya. Okay. okay. Yeah, well, I'm just making sure. Okay. What do you think about her possible Spider Woman? But again, th- because of their age, is really like Spider Girl. Time. See, if they were to do it, I would think they would finish Spider-Man Home series first, and the next movie he should be already like graduating from high school, going towards the whole college. Thing. So they're gonna probably do better, do what Transformers was trying to do better. Right, a little bit. So by the time they would they would cast her, which would likely be years after the last Spider-Man, then she might be a quote-unquote woman. By the way. What do you think about her overall? And then donating Spider Woman or Girl 
theory. Again, it depends how it occurs. So I, you know, blood transfusion, like I, now with that ability, that that possibility, especially since it's congruent in the Spider-Man universe right. of, of science, right? Right. It's already established. So that would be interesting. Now, would it be from? Uh, but what would be the cause of that? You know what I mean? Or if you actually reenact the spider bite, I think that would be too corny. Honestly, I think that'd be too corny. It, if it was something something new and different, it'd be like, oh, there's a reason why this needs to happen. Right. So it either can be a mistake, but depending on that mistake, it could be a little too corny. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's necessary, honestly. I don't feel like, I don't think it'll do well in theaters. I don't feel like no one you don't think it, there'll be a trend from Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel because then you have the Ukwe movie. I'm excited about that, and the Black Widow is in in May, this May, 2020. Right, but they're individuals. All of them you're talking about. Where Spider Woman will just be like another Spider Man, but it's a woman. And I feel like um, oh, so is there no precedent in the comics for Spider Woman? Yes, there is. So there's also Spider Gwen, which um, was another precedent, which is where Stacy. Who becomes Spider-Man too at some point in the comic books? And it's actually, actually. Uh, look at your face when I said that. Like, we're very But there is Spider-Gwen. How recent was it written? Spider-Gwen? Last four years. So. Okay, that, then that makes sense. <laughs> okay. I mean, doesn't it? Yes. Makes a lot of sense. Just so. like the uh, end game scene. Did you watch that extra? Yeah, uh, yeah. Females. Uh, I uh, I didn't get around to it, unfortunately. No, I'm happy they. Uh, well, I don't want to go too far from that. Um, I don't think it's a good idea. Hopefully, they don't do it. I, I know she is a really good actress. She's very talented. I like her as quote unquote MJ in this series, but let's just keep it at that. Not have her be a hero herself. We don't need that. And going from that, talking about <laughs> <laughs> superhero women, we had a surprise last week. Segway kid, get a mic. Oh my God. You doing the Jory fadeaway with this one? <laughs> Excuse me. The Kobe fadeaway. Oh, oh. <laughs> interesting. All right. Which, by the way, I was talking about women again. You see the video last night? Her daughter doing his patented fadeaway? It was like seamless. So I, I didn't see it. Yeah, it was pretty good. But anyway, um, uh, little mom bust there. But um, so we were talking about superhero woman and with it being a fantasy type show and hero type show that we would. I can all the you It was your surprise. So why don't you talk about it? So Josh had an idea because I'm not sure if you know, but Mike and I have several podcasts that talk about dating as well. And Poetic Charm, of course. And so it was like, okay, we should probably do, you know, talk about female characters, especially in this comic verse, if you will. And would you actually date them? Would you, you know, wife them? Right. Or would it just be a a superhero one-nighter? Okay. And we're going to do one hero at a time. Right? Correct. Okay, so this week's was Wonder Woman. So, now we're talking about Wonder Woman the hero or Gil Gadot? Oh, no, no, no. The actual hero. So, for me personally, what is so amazing about Wonder Woman for me 
right? If, the, if Wonder Woman was like actually real, and again, it doesn't matter. Oh, Diana Prince, like Wonder Woman. Okay. Like it. it doesn't matter what she actually looks like. Okay. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are gorgeous out there, so that's that's number one. But it's not the fact that she's bad. It's the the fact that she's bad, and her spirit is to help people, to save people. Right. You know what I mean? So that that's what's driving her. That's what makes her take action. Okay. Which is fantastic. So I would actually wife Wonder Woman, me personally. It's marry, one nighter, or date. Or date. So you know, date doesn't you know doesn't mean you know like short term. Right. Wife is obviously long term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Diana Prince. So what's funny is I used to give. I, I as a girl, I did date. Her nickname was Diana Prince that I gave her. <laughs> but that's uh, um, because she was Wonder Woman to me. In certain areas, but nevertheless, <laughs> as you wear your Superman T-shirt, <laughs> right. does Batman know? <laughs> I want to ask you something about Batman in a second before we wrap this up. However, that's actually part of the second surprise. So okay, yeah. it actually might be the same idea. I'm curious to hear, but please continue. I um, I would probably date her and not wait. Um, no, wait. Oh, you're right. Her, 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 her do-gooder mentality, um, her mm-hmm. thought process. She is bad in every single iteration of her, going back to the comic books. Facts. Um, and the fact that she's like, you know, um, so strong, but also she has a feminine quality about her. So she's not that overbearing where we couldn't like be a couple and do couple things. But you know, if somebody ever tried to rob us in the alleyway, <laughs> I feel bad for them. <laughs> not to mention, what a great scene. Not to mention, like you know, using her power and stuff like that. I could like people like who I know were like lying to me, like yo, can you bring that um, bring that rope? We're gonna try to get lying or not. <laughs> None of our kids ever lie to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I was actually thinking about the superpowers at all, but okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Overall, she's definitely white for material because I thought about this when I thought about the other part of the series and other women who are women white. So if I were to choose one of them, it would definitely be uh, Wonder Woman. And she's an ageless wonder as well. That is well. I th- I think that's uh, at the top of the list. Right. All of her family would like this so much. They don't seem to really like men. But, but the thing is, I feel like, you know, usually majority of the time, girls love us. This is one of those things. Right. There we go. So, what was your surprise about the Batman? Well, for me, the other surprise would be what superheroes do we identify with? Oh. And we can actually expand it to people like Sherlock or James Bond. Okay. So you got have all these characters. Okay. Or Killmonger, you know, for me. So you're saying yours will be Batman or Killmonger or Joker? <laughs> What's that? Nope. We don't do that. <laughs> Killmonger. Killmonger. All right. Both available on Amazon. Thank you, Amazon. There we go. Um, and a Prime member. Are you a Prime I'm, member? I'm a Prime. What? Once again, I've been a primer for like eight years. So. All right, so we're gonna have to talk about the prime shows then too. Yeah, my favorite show is obviously the Hugh Hefner story, the Bio series. I, I probably watch that once a week. Really, it's very inspiring, especially for what we're attempting to do. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. I suggest it to everyone. I don't watch that. I didn't know that was going on there. Uh, I, 
watch Jack Ryan too. Actually. Oh, Jack Ryan too. So I actually have to start the second season. Now, a guy like me, I want to watch Modern Love, which is also on there, only because stuff like that <laughs> kind of gives. Look at Josh's face is priceless, but kind of gives me insight because I'm such a you know school romantic guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair, but I'm just like. Wouldn't you rather create the own your own entertainment as opposed to you know? I mean, I watch it. Just, just watch. It. I mean, but I, I feel like your life is much more entertaining than that. Okay, that's that, 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 That's what I'm saying. To go in line with what you said, I completely agree. Right, but I do. I would watch the show. Like I like stuff like that. And I'm gonna get into some of that other stuff on our on our on our next podcast. So, one of my coworkers who listens to our show religiously, all of them. Well, let's shout out to them. What's shout their out name? To Anthony. Um. Well, listen to the show religiously. Uh, he's um, Anthony Lewis, actually. Is he a Tony Stark fan? Because he should go by Tony now. <laughs> he is a Tony Stark fan. So with that being said, I know your love of Batman and Joker. All right? So. Oh, he, mine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So he listened to uh, our podcast about the Joker review and then some of it about Batman. So I asked him his thoughts, and he said, well, honestly – it did give me insight on the movie, but I never was a Batman fan. That's fair. Okay. Right? So he says, I like superheroes. I like Thor, the Hulk, Captain America. That makes sense. And and then he has an exception for Tony Stark. Right. Interesting. But he says, right, I'll get to that too. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, you know how like the logic it up, you know. Right, right, right. But he says that Batman is not a superhero, and he says... Um, he can't really do much, and Joker does even less. So I'm not really impressed by those two when you know I watch a movie you're talking about and stuff like that. So I then said, what about Tony Stark, who's the same thing, and uh, essentially a billionaire in a suit. He said... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you just dumb it down like, yeah, that's, that's it. I mean... <laughs> Billion- billionaire... After Genius, though, both of them are genius. And we'll talk about this. Yeah. Right? We're going to have a, a show about this as well. But, like, who's... Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he said Tony's suit can go in space and do so much more. Excuse me. The Justice League complex is in where? The Justice League <laughs> complex is in where? Honestly, I thought that's where they were going when they signed Ben Affleck. Because okay. then I would have took them more seriously. Right. But they didn't do any of that. But he said, I watched The Dark Knight... Or was Dark Knight Rises? I can't remember which one. And he said, Batman's getting bit by dogs. <laughs> he was like, come on, really? Dogs? That's in the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. And he's like, he's getting bit by dogs through his suit. And I'm like, dogs are bothering you? What kind of hero are you? So it really like bothered him that like, you know, he used his heroes being much more powerful, I guess. Right. And to all respect to Anthony slash Tony. Right. right. And I, compl- I get that completely because we all like what we like. Right. So, which is cool, right? Right, right. But it's kind of like the whole point of these stories, and you can, you know, ask Jack Kirby or Stan Lee, RP, right? right? The whole point was it to make it human, right? Right. And have heroism isn't about superpowers. It's also about what's testing you in that moment. Okay. And in that moment, and we see it with Iron Man, right. we see it with James Bond, right? See it with characters like Sherlock, which have a lot of parallels to right. them. They're all essentially detectives. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just, it's just one of those things. And they're human. So you're testing and challenging your abilities, and you're always going to be outside of your comfort zone. Okay. Now, 
my cousin, so shout out to my cousin, Jason Moody, who has a store in Delaware, Primo. Okay. So shout that out. Um, out. He is probably has the same, you know, belief as you that Tony Stark is the cooler billionaire than Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I love Bruce Wayne. I love Batman. So much Batman shirt on here. I'm a big fan of Bruce Wayne. I love, um, I think, uh, the detective part of him is great, and I think what he does and what he what he has is good. And Joker, like Anthony, I think one of the best villains of all time. I like that he's always out thinking you, and always on to the next step. So I think Anthony's looking for some uh, like okay, Anthony, he liked Dark Knight Rises more than he did the Dark Knight because he thought that Bane was more of a formidable foe because it can actually like fight back and forth, where Heath Ledger wasn't really a fighter, so to speak. So he liked yeah, it. he was just a you know blower people upper right. like like that's that's easier. But th- my question is, how would Thor and all of them fight him in that situation? Because you can't be two places at once. So, right. So what do what are you gonna do, Thor? And I agree with. And the Joker, which you know obviously I love. Yeah. He's going to do what? Now he's gonna play games with Thor, and right. we all saw how Thor was at the beginning of his arc. Loki played Game of Thor too. You remember, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he's the uh, Jamie Lannister of the family, <laughs> right? Pretty much. Um, so no, I, I mean, I, I, I think he's missing it, Anthony. Honestly, but no, to each his own. But um, there's no way Dark Knight Rises is better than Dark Knight at all. At, at, at all, <laughs> not even close. But um, but uh, but I, I definitely see where he's coming from now. The Tony Stark thing. I like Stark, you know, more oh. than I like Bruce. Um. Well, again, he's he's the. They say this about presidents. You can see yourself having a beer with them. Yeah. And I guess that's I love Tony Stark, but that's why I love the most about Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne is like the complete opposite. Yet he's able to have that Tony Stark, you know, congenial personality at these public events to keep up the Bruce Wayne name. Yeah, I think Tony is smarter. I do. Well, again, Batman and Lucius Fox collaborate on all their gadgets. Okay, but Tony's great time machine. Like, he's just a little bit smart. I'm sorry to tell you, bro. Well, again, we've never had an opportunity for Batman to build a time machine. <laughs> and yet, he has a Justice League space station. Does Stark have a, a uh, Avengers space station? Stark's got satellites. Did you see not, did not see the satellite come from on, on home called Spider-Man Far From Home? That's mm-hmm. Stark. Had up there, right? The a satellite, not a space station. Massive <laughs> difference. <laughs> Even the glasses by itself is our creative. Well, like, again, I'm not saying he's not smarter, right. but he's as smart. I mean, I mean, you're using your skill sets differently. Okay. Because certain things that Bruce is doing, Tony's not doing, such as. This is my favorite one. The type of detective technology technology that Bruce has, that's something that James Bond would be interested in. Okay. For me personally, so this is why I see the parallels between all of them. So Tony Stark, what I love the most about his tech is the uh, virtual reality interface. So there, if there is ever a virtual reality, let's say, uh, game where you could be in Tony Stark's workshop with yeah. that, I think that would do gangbusters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you, if you again, if you're not doing ideas like this, what's the point of you in doing? Right, it? right, 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 right. I like Tony better because I think he's just a little more charismatic. I like his um his his quick wit that Bruce doesn't always sometimes have, and I, I relate to him. So your other question the most because I'm quick wit and I have that kind of charm as well. 
but also have those other sides factor to me. Well, again, all that is complete facts, and I agree with about that with Tony Stark as well, and share that as well. In addition to the actor RDJ, right? Right. However, I would also say for Christian Bell as well, who's also an Aquarian, and for Batman specifically, and specifically Bruce Wayne, who's also the charismatic billionaire, you just don't see that aspect of Bruce Wayne because that's not his arc. Okay. You know what I mean? So you only, if we if we would put them in the same room, obviously Tony Stark would own the room because that's who Tony Stark is. Right. But then I guarantee Bruce would come in because it would be his function. Right. And then, only, yeah. Only difference I will say is that you know, outside the suits, if Bruce was in an alley, he can actually fight. Thank you. And that's the act that to me, that's that's the icing on the cake for me. So thank you for making my point. I didn't, I didn't even get to that part. Because again, what did Cap say? See, Batman can spar with Cap. Tony Stark's not doing that without the suit. I don't even spar with Cap. Are you serious? Cap's also got super much strength. I understand that, but he can still spar with him. You know who he trained with? He trained with how many assassins and martial artists, masters, especially we're talking in the comics book, right? right? For decades before becoming Batman. He can fight. No, no, no. That's Mike. That's mastery. And not only self-defense, but engaging multiple people. Right. That is well, an art. Cap just like punched him. He's going to freaking break his cap strong as hell. Like, don't forget about that. Like, he's, he's no. I get your point, though. Um, Because you remember, you're talking about Avengers 1 where they were arguing and and, and, and Cap said, go get the suit. <laughs> and whatnot, I remember that. And a lot, of, a lot of my friends said, I wouldn't even let you get the suit or whatever. So, I, you know, but Tony's so smart that over time, see what he did, right? So he went from, I got to go get a suit to now I can jump out of a building and a suit can come to me, like Avengers. Yeah, nanotech. No, 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 no. That was, that was, that's later on. I'm getting to that. No, I'm saying all the way up to that. I agree with you completely. Right. Yeah. That was, I can call for the suit to come to me. Right. Now it just, it comes on my body quick. Right. So you never got to worry about it. But again, like you gave the compliment to Batman already. He is out thinking you. So the whole concept of having the Hulkbuster comes from Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne has something to eliminate all of his threats. That's something unique to Bruce and Batman specifically in the comic book universe. In the DC universe. In the comic book <laughs> universe. I, I, I think Tony is the same thing. That's why he got Hulkbuster. That's why he has... I, Thor, he got Thorbuster too, right? Right. I think stuff. that was inspired by Bruce. Okay. Again, they wrote him together for crying out loud. They do say that Bruce has stuff on every member of the Justice League just in case he's got to take them out at some point. He knows how to take out each and every one of them. So even though he's the weakest member, he's really not. And that, and that's a part of his character. That's it's known as that. It's right. illustrated as that by the narrators constantly. Right. You know what I mean. So that's part. That's part of him. But I don't know, the, the problem is that when they go to fight, like even in the Justice League movie, mm -hmm. which was whatever, he's like, first of all, they were like, first of all, one woman said like he's got no chance out here with us or whatever. That's number one. So they were like a like a little you know, little bitch for like a better word. Then he gets there. But first, he's about to get killed. Aquaman and one of them have to save him from the aliens. Then, when they get there, he's like sitting there, like shooting a rifle. What are all like flashes running over the place? One woman doing her thing, Aquaman doing his thing. He's like, like, like he seems so out of place. Where Iron Man, Tony Stark, would not have seemed out of place. Like in Avengers One, where he's fighting the aliens, he's flying around, he's doing thing. I just think that he he can come off as weaker sometimes.
Well, if you have <clears throat> aliens in the mix, that's always going to happen. Right. That's just how, you know, creativity is in, in that world. So if you're going to have a supernatural force or from an outer world force, they have to be more powerful than you. Right. In terms of if we're in a superhero genre, right? Right. So to me, that just makes sense. But DC wasn't really in that universe. Because, again, it focused more on the humanity aspect. Yeah, he fought people in Gotham most of the time, which was, you know, a normal thing. I, I mean, DC was. He wasn't. That's all freaking Superman fought most of the time was other aliens coming, you know, for him. But it makes sense because if he was fighting guys in Gotham, it would be like a mismatch, right? When you'd be in a fight. But here's the thing. Did Black Widow seem out of place in the Avengers? That's a good point. Because he would be impactful on that level. And he has gadgets and thinks about everything as well. That's, that, that's all that I'm saying. Because I, I don't think Black Widow seems out of place. I think you're absolutely right because where they took Batman, yes, that that was a blunder to me. Okay. But Christian Bell's Batman wouldn't look out of place in that situation. Okay. So you think they went above and beyond to make him look out of place when they wrote the script as far as like people saying like he won't last a few minutes out here and things like that. <clears throat> also, he was a lot older too. That was part of the... Yeah. That was part of the... Uh, yeah. I, I, I got you on that. I don't know. So when I first saw it, when you first watch it, um, and you see Tony in his suit and the Hulk and Thor, and then you see like the fighting aliens, and Black Widow got like a freaking forty-five. Like, <laughs> like why should they want a gun against these aliens? But then when I watch the rewatch, of course, Marvel rewatch, which I do, she doesn't come out of place. She works. The only scene that doesn't work for me is when they lift her up using Cap Shield and she latches onto the alien. Flying right. by, right. her arm would have went out of the socket an instant. Because she's a regular human woman, yeah. Right. right, right, right. Or that would happen to Tony Stark's as well if he yeah. did that. You yeah. know what I mean? So, no. Maybe Cap be able to do that. Right, 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 right. Obviously, <laughs> Thor and Hulk, right, but right. everyone else, no. That's just not happening. And Hawkeye as well. I Another human be, being. I Come on, like man. Him, but, but. You see that? You see how they do be got? Oh, man. <laughs> He's a master marksman. got to give it to Hawkeye a little bit. But, but but nevertheless, um, I don't know. But that that, that that's Tony's thoughts, and I'm hearing this, you hear this all the time. Is Batman a hero or superhero? It's just like a. And is a superhero every single time? Huh? He's a superhero every single time. But he's not super. That's the problem. Again, now I'm so actually I'm thrilled that Marvel did this with Iron Man and Tony Stark because right. now he proves that that's not the case. That he's supporting, he's supporting Batman's argument. But his suit is super. That's the difference. So it's Batman's technology. Okay. We got to agree to disagree on that. And but you, I would love for our fans who do listen, Anthony, shout out to you, Nate, my brother, everybody else who listens to the, their take on, I guess, who's the, who would you rather be? Who's a better hero, Iron Man or Batman? Well, I say we should, same thing that we're doing with the, the female characters, okay. do with the male characters in terms of who do you most identify with. Okay. So we kind of did that with Bruce and Tony. Right. So now we can go more in depth on, I, I, I guess now it's established who we like more. Right. But now we can both say what we like about this character and also this one in terms of how it relates to us. Okay. Sounds good to me. So, you know, just break them up into different episodes. And with that being said, um another episode of mental theater for mike for josh we're out we'll see you next week and we will have that top 10 superhero uh last decade last decade for the last decade yes
and peace. Also, leave comments if you agree with the Wonder Woman. Would you? I'm actually curious about Tony and Nate. Would you marry, date, excuse me, wife, date, or you know, have a superhero fling with her? Please leave comments. Please.